to Sugar, we're going down podcasting, a podcast about Fallout Boy, track by random ass track. My name is Caitlin, and with me forever, I guess, until we're done with this, <laughs> is Joe. Hi, I'm Joe. I would kind of pitch this podcast as until it kills us. Yeah, I think. until we uh, take this to our grave, perhaps. Yeah. Good one. Man, there's going to be so many really bad jokes on this uh, show. I'm so glad I got to do that one. It was in yeah. my pocket. You knew it was. Oh, of course. Here we are. Hey, uh, if Pete wins, if you're listening, <laughs> and I'm sure you are, please repress take this to your grave. Please do. Please. doesn't have to be blue. I just want it. It's like $300. <sighs> but let's talk for a little bit. Actually, before we talk about the show, again, my name is Joe, if you don't listen to any other stupid podcasts I do. I talk about other things that have been going on for too long and maybe should have stopped. Like, uh, I have a Kingdom Hearts show called Got It Memorized and a One Piece show called We Are Watching One Piece. And um, I use any and all pronouns. I got really into Fallout Boy in high school. Uh, and it was a moment in... Like, I think it was before the hiatus ended, actually. But it was a moment in which I realized maybe mainstream music good? <laughs> hmm... And then Save Rock and Roll came out, and it really made me question, like, oh, this sounds like music that, like, people I don't like might like. Because I was an asshole in high school. Who wasn't? <laughs> I don't know. Probably plenty of people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know them. Just because I was <laughs> shitty doesn't mean I have to assume everybody was shitty. Um, but I it do. Does make it, it does make it hurt a little less, yes. Um, so, Caitlin, <laughs> Caitlin, tell me a bit about yourself and your history uh... with, with the FOB. I'm Caitlin. Uh, I use she, her, they, them. Either's cool. I do a actual play podcast that's currently playing Dungeons and Dragons called Slay. It's good. Uh, <laughs> we I don't know when this is coming out, but as of today, the recording, we released episode 11 yesterday. And then let's see. I don't know. I like write sometimes about video games and shit on your geekygalpal.com. Um, eventually there's going to be a podcast related to that website again. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen because life is a nightmare, but yeah. And, oh, I guess like my relationship to Fall Out Boy is that I lived under a rock for a really long time musically. So I didn't really start listening to music that like wasn't music my parents forced me to listen to in like sixth grade. And I heard people talking about Fall Out Boy. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll listen to Fall Out Boy. And then, <laughs> fuck uh, it. <laughs> and then I was swept away on a wave of pop punk, uh, through mm. my very deeply angsty, uh, years. And then it just kind of kept going. Um, and then I went to college, and my roommate was also really into Fall Boy, and then we became best friends. And then I got a tattoo, and that's actually kind of how this show started. <laughs> yes, yes, the the deep lore. For sugar, we're going down podcasting. Is that you tweeted about having a Fallout Boy tattoo, and I immediately texted you and said, "Tell me more." And I had here to know. We are I, now. I did not. I did not know we had this thing in common because you also didn't know how many Fallout Boy feelings I have, which is a lot. Yeah. No, I had heard you like briefly mention it. I think on Got It Memorized at one point, and I was like, mm. "Oh, cool. Joe Lake has listened to Fallout Boy. That's a neat fact." And then, um. I did my stupid ass Fallout Boy tattoo tweet, um, <laughs> and then I got that text, and I was like, "Oh, shit!" <laughs> <laughs> it's 
and now we're here. And now uh, we're here. Because we, we had been wanting to do some sort of show together because it's very fun for us to, to do stupid shit together. It's uh, true. And then it just sort of realized, like, I think it was you who just like, why don't we just record what's happening right now? Because we were just talking about Fallout <laughs> Boy for like a day. <laughs> Yeah, like a full, like I was at work, like blowing off work to be like, LOL, Fallout Boy takes with Joe. Um, and then... I have so many Fallout Boy takes, Caitlin. Same, though. Um, which is why we're here. Yes. So we are going to pick random songs for the, for the bulk of this show. 99% of the show will be just us either picking randomly from like things that aren't on spotify or me just going to spotify and hitting shuffle play on the on the entire discography playlist that they have nicely made and as many songs are on there two or three times and then me yelling remember 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 evening out with your girlfriend don't forget hey yes hey, don't forget oh, and I then we forget. do one song <laughs> from that. is that uh <laughs> that's the one with uh well that t- potentially my favorite fallout boy song i go back and forth on this you know perpetually until i die but mm-hmm. Up there in the running is Growing Up, and I refuse to not talk about Growing Up, and it's from the EP, and I think it's also on the Greatest Hits record, which is on Spotify. Probably, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so we're going to pick random songs, except for these first three episodes where we really want to establish like a basis of, I don't know, where we come from on some uh, iconic sounds and different eras of, of Bob. <laughs> I don't know if I can keep saying it that way. As funny as it is, uh, it is painful. Um, oh my god! So, so we're starting with um, what we decided is—I mean, easily the probably the most iconic uh, Fallout Boy song, which is "Sugar." We're going down this wire. Show is is called that. So we'll be doing that in this episode. And how would you how would you describe the "Sugar We're Going Down" experience? It was definitely my first Fallout Boy song that I heard. If not. Maybe Dance Dance, but pro- like this one I remember way more vividly, and that might just be because of Antlers. Oh, that's a good call. Um, I feel like this was not the first Fall Out Boy song I heard, because when I started listening to Fall Out Boy, my dad just downloaded everything that they had put out for me, and so I started with Evening Out With Your Girlfriend and like listened to that pretty religiously for a long time. But nice. I feel like it was the first Fall Out Boy song I heard that I actually like enjoyed more like not that evening out with your girlfriend is bad but it's like very Mm -hmm. like basement punky to a degree and i liked that but the place that i was at when i started listening to fallout boy was definitely more like artsy artsy angst shit and like i feel Mm -hmm. like sugar we're going down captures that a lot better definitely definitely i don't know how much of it tracks in terms of their sonic trajectory got us the most pretentious way to phrase this <laughs> i think a lot about how andy the drummer and, and um pete the the bassist and lyricist came from straight up hardcore backgrounds uh arma angelus and race trader are both bands that i enjoy hardcore bands that i enjoy race trader is still around well <clears throat> they took a they broke up and they got back together andy is still in race trader they just put out a record uh it it kind of rips um, but I, I, it's, and then Patrick being so brought up on like soul and they get together and make this pop punk record. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I think sugar we're going down is a good example of, of Pete really figuring out his style of lyricism. Cause it's, it's both poignant and also bullshit the way mm-hmm. that he phrases everything. 
And yeah. I'm going to mention I'm going to mention this probably in every episode and I um uh have mentioned it to many of my friends multiple occasions and I always start it with have I ever said uh have <laughs> I ever have I ever talked and I know the answer is yes but it's such a bit to me now. Have I ever talked about how significant it is that the way that Pete Wentz writes lyrics specifically for Patrick to sing them and it's a little gay, right? Um <laughs> it's and there's there's songs about it which is which is um particularly interesting to me eventually we'll get to uh donnie what a catch and um i think there's a bonus track on infinity on high that's about their relationship yeah yeah i don't remember if it's g-i-n-a-f-s or if it's uh i got all this ringing in my ears but it's i think it's one of those two um i'm not even sure both of those are bonus tracks it's been so long caitlin <laughs> uh as the as the deep lover of infinity on high i believe that both of those are bonus tracks, but I don't remember which one's the gay one. I mean, they're all gay if people. They're all them. they're all gay, but you know. If I like it, it's gay. It's true. Anything I That's, like is gay. That's uh-huh. canon. Canon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I I would definitely say Sugar We're Going Down is just like perfectly distilled Pete Wentz on his fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I there, I, I don't know if there is a a line more pertinent for making that example than I'm just a notch <laughs> in your bedpost and you're just a line in a song. And it might even just be like the most fallout boy ass lyric, at least pre hiatus. It's very, I feel like they're two different bands. Oh, definitely. They're both very much fallout boy and fallout boy has very much always been sort of following this arc of what pop music can do. And I don't knock them for that. I think it's the, 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 the 2000s era bullshit is so strong. Oh, me. yeah. They are the ultimate of the 2000s era bullshit. I just like, it's always weird thinking about, because you refer to Fall Out Boy as pop a lot, which like they are, but I have never thought of them that way because I'm always used to associating like more like bubblegum shit with pop. Sure. Which, you know, doesn't necessarily work just because pop literally refers to popular. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's so that's a weird thing that I'm always thinking about. Cause even like, I didn't like the label of pop punk for them for a long time. And that was partially cause in high school, I had a friend who was into like a city serene and like all those kinds of bands and that he referred to those as pop punk. And I was like, well, but that's not what fallout boy is. Therefore fallout boy is not pop punk. Mm-hmm. And then at one point I just had to be like, no, it's all just a weird fucking hell amalgamation of a genre. <laughs> Gen- <laughs> genres of fuck. I as as someone who is so uh desperate to to find the right words to describe a sound um I also will be the first to say it's all bullshit um oh, yeah. and like it, it I I find it useful to convey like influence and like similarities between things but like can you it is it is so minutia the difference between something that is uh emo influenced or midwest emo influenced and something that is artsy art alt rock, and like I don't know, maybe someone's gonna break into my house and beat me with a chair for saying that. But it's like, <laughs> like alt rock, especially like early two thousands alt rock, was emo influenced. Like mm-hmm. fucking, I I listen to uh, like Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, and I'm like, man, I fucking these dudes must have loved Sunny Day Real Estate, and then yeah. like uh, that's and then like My Chemical Romance turned into whatever you would call Danger Days, which I like. I like that record. 
whatever it is. Who knows? Not me. It's impossible to tell. Yeah, I just music is weird. Yes, uh, yes, it is. But I, I would, I would very strongly call Fall Out Boy a, a pop band with pop punk roots. Yeah, I feel like well, and I feel like too, like their new shit is definitely just like straight up pop, but like yes. not the kind of pop that I like. So I have shunned it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting because, well. That's an unrelated take, actually. I was just thinking about how, like, mu- pop music that I know you're very into is very, like, 90s retrofuturism at this point. Because I got it, you into Rina Sawayama. Yeah, it's either that or just, I like, like, sad 90s pop futurism. Or mm-hmm. I like, um, just, like, straight up, like, just inject Kesha into my veins. Mm-hmm. And New Fall Out Boy is not either of those things, so it can go yeah. die. Well, very aggressive out the gate. <laughs> Welcome to show. our Fallout Boy podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Caitlin threatening anything that came out after 2009 and me saying, "Wait, no, there's some there's some merit to these songs, I promise you." Uh, <laughs> I just this was the episode to have people get our temperature and that's my temperature. Uh-huh. It's fucking hot. Yes. Well, there are some bangers on Mania, okay? <laughs> All right, well, I'll find out eventually. There's like a couple, there's a couple good songs on American Beauty. That's the subplot of this podcast is like halfway through it becomes Kingdom Kingdom Smarts, but for Fall yeah. Boy, where it's just yeah. you like trying to explain to me why Mania is a good record with me having no context. I wouldn't for, call Mania a good record, or like, or like that there are bangers on Mania. At yes, least. and me just being yes. like, well, I guess we'll find out. There. And I, I don't I don't want this episode to to just be about songs we're not talking about. We have not talked about Sugar We're Going Down yet, but we kind of did for a minute. Yeah, we started to, and then we got off of it. That's that's what this show is going to be: is our ADHD brains trying to talk about one Fall Out Boy song at a time. However, Sugar We're Going Down. Let's talk about that. Let's focus on this song. Yes, or try. And I mean, it's it's it's. Definitely in the spirit of the show for us to branch off and compare to other songs. I'm none of these songs exist in a vacuum. Is the thing, and all of these songs exist in the greater body of work, be it the album or the the discography of the band. Um, but "Sugar We're Going Down" is a song that uh, I want to say came out in 2005. Oh man, we should look that up, huh? Yep, April 2005. <laughs> well, we did it. April 2005. Jesus Christ. I was... How old was I? 2005. I was 14 in 2009. So I would have been 10 Oof. when that song came out. I am younger than you. You are younger than me. <laughs> we <Bye>. are young. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Uh, we're children. Um... <laughs> Welcome to the children's uh, Fall Out Boy podcast. Yes. Wow, we yes. really should use that Rockabye version, huh? Yes, the lullaby <laughs> version of uh, uh, Sugar We're Going Down. Uh, no, man. I, the, the thing, Sugar We're Going Down is almost this impenetrable moment. So it's just like, where the fuck do I start? Do we talk about that video? Do we talk about, like, the I fact that... I have notes for the video that okay, I watched good. before we started <laughs> Good. I just, oh, it's just ingrained into my brain. This is also a song where a lot of people point to and say that they don't know what Patrick is singing ever. Mm, which yeah, bugs I definitely me. had that feel. 
Mm-hmm. I think I did too, because I, I remember that experience of being like, I don't know what he's saying. And then now I listen to it and I'm like, how could you not know what he's saying? And I, I don't know. That's definitely just like, I'm not a kid anymore. Uh, and I know what the words are. Yeah, I definitely like looked up the lyrics and now I'm like, ah, yes, this is obvious. But like, having not done that, he definitely is just like, <laughs> and you're like, I don't fucking know what you're saying, dog. Yeah, it's it's a very, what's the word? It's not a very like concise or enunciated vocal style, but I like it a lot. I like the way it sounds. I don't think it's great for like, that's like, I guess the ironic thing to me is that like Pete Wentz did all of this like deep lyricizing just for Pete or for, I almost said Pete Stump for Patrick Stump. <laughs> and, then, and then nobody fucking knows what he's saying. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, I'm reading an interview. I have a, I have genius.com pulled up for the lyrics. And on the side, there is an interview from Patrick to Rolling Stone where he says, uh, I saw those lyrics and just kind of barked them out. And it's like, okay. Yep. Yep. It makes sense, too. This is like them trying to do like a very straightforward pop punk song. Um, I, I like this other quote from Pete Wentz, which says, I wrote the lyrics in Chicago. I was with my dad. We were listening to the old music where they'd always say sugar and honey, stuff like that. I was like, why doesn't anyone do that anymore? <laughs> okay. So he did it. So he did it. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's uh, that's a, a way of thinking about it, I suppose. Uh-huh. Man, no one does that anymore. I guess I'll do it once. Also, like, I feel like folks do do that. I don't know. I feel like people were do- I don't know. I was 10. Maybe not. That's the thing. I'm like, I can't think of a lot of mid-2000s music that was on that wave necessarily i genuinely don't know i can't even remember the mid-2000s so yeah i was probably playing pokemon god 2005 yeah probably i don't know a pokemon or a zelda what the fuck Mm. was i doing when i was 10 nothing i don't know were you listening to fallout boy i don't think so because i was like not in middle school yet Hmm. Fallout Boy really is a middle school thing, huh? Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that you listen to that shit because, like, you just you need someone else who's like, yeah, you can be angsty and just believe everything's terrible because, like, everything is terrible in middle school, and you're like, fuck yeah. Oh yeah, and like, and then you, and then you have high school, and you get these delusions that things are good, and then you get into the real world, and you're like, no, everything's bad just for real reasons. Yeah. 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 Man, you ever think about how, like, being a fucked up person is, like, a part of your personality and how, like, the time <laughs> before that, <laughs> how, like, the times before that you don't remember because you weren't a person yet? Uh, yeah. Because um, <laughs> that's what just happened to me right now. My, uh, you, you said that Fallout Boy was, like, one of the first things that was, like, music for you that you didn't get from, like, your family. For mm-hmm. me, that was Coheed and Cambria. So I know, I know the arc very well. Specifically, you know, the album that's, like, extremely aggressive and misogynistic. Which is most of them, but, uh, Gut Apollo, Burning Star 4, Volume 1, through, through Fear, fuck. Fear Through the Eyes of Madness? God damn it, Claudio, calm down, I say <laughs> on a Fall Out Boy podcast. <laughs> um, and this is the part of the show where Joe breaks up with me over our podcast and also where I get kicked off of all of our secret projects because oh, no. I 
don't like Coheed and Cambria. That's like, fair. At all. And um, apparently everyone else that we're friends with does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> it's like, been, like a regular secret. talking point for me and Wheels, huh? Yeah, like every time we record Redacted, I'm like, um, <laughs> well, here yeah. I am. The proximity of being around Wheels and I is why Riley, I think, got back into them. I might be wrong. Maybe I just noticed it because of that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Coheed also was a lot of like lyrical bullshit for me, but and I also think... just don't like the dude's voice. It bothers me. That's fair. I mean maybe maybe he was listening. You never know. Maybe. Hey, I don't like your voice. Sorry about it. Sorry, Claude. Um Sugar we're going down. <laughs> give me your give me your notes about this video. Let's start there. I say okay. start. It's been twenty six minutes in. Oh my god. We're like these episodes are gonna be half an hour long there's uh, a lot to unpack in the first episode <laughs> is the thing that's true okay so i literally watched this video uh before we started recording which is mm-hmm. why i was late kind of um so the first note i have is i totes forgot about dear boy and vid despite joe alluding to it multiple times while planning the show <laughs> <laughs> you forget about dear boy i think what it really is is i didn't forget i just like got it confused because i Mm. in my head i could clearly picture the video but i don't know why in my head it wasn't sugar we're going down it was something else Mm. and like and i don't even know what i just like i haven't slept this week and like i don't know (laughs) it's been been a long week and i don't (laughs) often think about antler boys it's true. I also haven't seen this music video in like, God, how old am I? Twenty three. So like, perhaps a decade. Yeah, um, it's been a long time for me. I watched it earlier today. My main note is just how much Joe is jumping. Oh yeah, it's a lot. Shack. It's a lot of jumping. There's like one really good Pete jump where like spins around, looks like he's gonna yeah. kick Joe in the like abdomen. There's just a lot of jumps in that video. So much jumping. Um, Patrick was in his like sideburn, sideburn mutton chop phase. Oh yeah, I have a note here that says Patrick's sideburns are in all caps a lot. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Most of these notes are very surface level notes, but let's see what else. Uh, Patrick, that hat is so bad. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it was two thousand five. It was. I feel like that's the like that's the critical thing you could get into with this video is like it is a moment. It is a moment distilled on film. Yes. Like it is an era just in if you had to like describe 2005 to someone, I feel like that's the video you show them. Yes. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, this is another good note. Um, dear <laughs> gosh damn it, I'm like uh this fucking show. Uh Deer Boy's teeth are honestly a bigger issue than the antlers. Okay. Like, <laughs> as, <just> like... as, <laughs> as someone who has extremely crooked teeth, I definitely saw that and thought he didn't need the antlers. He'll get made fun of for the teeth. Right. I, like and like and that's I'm not I'm not knocking on him. Yeah. By any I don't means. mean to be like like body shaming in any way. I was just like this kid already just kind of looks like he would be picked on in 2005. Yeah, and, and when I say that, I say that as someone who got picked on for it, is, the, is like where that pull comes from for me. So, anyways, there's no depth to that comment. It's just a no. thing that I felt <laughs> watching there's the no, video. 
There's no depth to any of my comments, honestly. Like, all of my notes are just like, lol, what the fuck is this video? Um, <laughs> let's see. 2005. Another simpler note, time. Another note I have is, OMG, her dad is a hunter. I forgot about that plot arc of uh-huh. the video. <laughs> um, and then, let's see here. Uh, forgot about dad's deer feet. Um, that yes. was the big reveal. His boot too big for his goddamn hoops. <laughs> Definitely forgot about that myself. Fuck. Also, she got she got dear boy a fucking like hunting vest. That's yeah, like that's orange. weird. What does that mean? I couldn't tell. I think it's supposed to be like so you don't get shot if you're walking at night. But also, the hunters wear fours? those, so I don't know. It's a lot of mixed messaging there at the end. I don't know. <laughs> it seems to be um, fine. Also, he's walking around with like this weird like bug net tennis racket looking thing. Like, I think there's a deeper story here. Yeah. I also like, can we talk about like on a real me not shitting on the video conversation? Um, Can we talk about the fact that the narrative of the music video seems to be very different from the narrative of the actual song? Like, the narrative of the music video seems a lot different and, like, honestly more wholesome than the narrative of the actual song, and Mm -hmm. I kind of don't get it. Like... Well, you see, (laughs) it was 2005. Uh, That's just our answer for everything with this fucking song. It's just, it was 2005, man. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what does that video look like if you make a video about this song? Well, because I feel like it's like, I feel, I don't know if you make that video in 2005, but also those lyrics are from 2005 because it's 100% like, you know, there's lyrics about like, I'm in the, like, I want to be the friction in between your jeans, like, mm-hmm. watching you from the closet. Like, it's a creepy fucking song, kind of, in parts. And even like the notch in your bedpost shit. Like, I feel like there's 100%, like, because it's a cute romance video, and I feel like the song is not a cute romance song. It is not. And I, I mean, just don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> Pete, Pete Wentz's attempts to personify things he feels is often a lot. And I think the way that people connect with songs is also, like, another added uh, barrier between maybe what the fuck was going on and that this is in no way trying to solidify that actually the video is totally accurate, because it's not. (laughs) No. (laughs) Because that was definitely a thing, like, it's probably still a thing now where I I feel like a lot of videos don't necessarily communicate, um, like, what the song is about. No, but I feel like, I guess... I don't watch a ton of music videos, but I guess to me when they don't don't connect, I feel like it's usually just like, what if we made this a really weird concept piece versus like two deeply distinct narratives happening at the same time? Yes. But like with no acknowledgement that that's the case? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You are correct. (laughs) That is what's happening here. Yeah, because uh, I feel like the core oof. of Sugar We're Going Down is, like, honestly kind of some, like, pop, standard-ass pop-punk toxic masculinity bullshit. 
But then mm-hmm. the video is like, what if we were cute indie folks who fall in love and like, it's okay to be different and people who are prejudiced are probably hiding their own bullshit. And I'm like, how did you get that from this song? Because that's not what happens. Because the director heard the song and was like, mm, not doing that. <laughs> Give a boy an antlers. Like, oh, what you don't. Oh, what you don't want to film Patrick Stump watching people fuck in a closet. Well, first off, it would definitely be Pete. Yeah, yeah, it would be. I have another note that literally is about it being gay. And it says, uh, is the playing for the wrong team thing a gay thing? And I think probably. I think there's there's a lot of interpretation for that, yeah. Um, There's a note in, uh, it's in the annotation on Genius, but uh, there's in the in the liner notes or lyric notes in the booklet, for the album uh from under the cork tree the lyric is um where where is it actually uh wishing to be the friction in his genes even though like patrick is very clearly singing your oh yeah which is an interesting note i like like there's no like it's not like oh man can you believe that like the people were Queer in 2005. <laughs> like, I don't know what there is to really gleam from it so much as, like, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways that um, the songs can be interpreted for different uh, perspectives, which is a thing that I would say Pete le- leans into plenty. Yeah. I guess it's more that, like, again, I haven't been hanging out with Fallout Boy in a while. <laughs> So now coming back to it, I'm like, oh, yeah, Old Fallout Boy was like very quietly queer. And mm-hmm. like, I did not think about that uh, back when I was listening to this album. But now I'm like, damn. He tastes like you, only sweeter. Yeah. Which is actually a, a line from a movie I, I found out. Um, oh, well, I don't watch movies, so that's fake now. Yeah, what's a movie? <laughs> um, yeah, Pete Wentz's. Pewens was at least a very interesting sort of like the way he would uh, convey shit. And I, there's only so much to sugar. We're going down specifically. Cause I feel like here's my extremely hot take. Uh, Folly Adu, really fucking good record. Uh, a lot of really good lyricism on that record. Pete Wentz had this arc of writing things in, I don't, I don't know the right word, but, so I feel like poetic is necessarily not accurate, but sure. I mean, poetic doesn't necessarily have to be like refined. Yeah, know? poetic or abstracted is what I would say. Like, um, probably both. Yeah, ways to say things through like a couple different levels of metaphor, double entendre, or just like it's not like it's not like I'm writing an entire song and it's. It's impossible for you to know what I'm talking about so much as, like, it rewards reading into it, which is, like... I'm going to quote friend of the show Riley Hopkins here, because (laughs) I assume they're friend of the show. It's episode one, but, like, we're planning on them being on this at some point. Uh, (laughs) And say, I believe that Pete Wentz was fully uh, chasing his bullshit all the time. Pete Wentz, I would say he is still chasing his bullshit, for better or for worse. However, yeah. I, I, um... And I think it shows a lot after this record. Like, I think Infinity on High and Folly Adieu are both, like, the peak of his bullshit. 
And I think mm-hmm. some of that comes from him getting really into hip-hop lyricism, which shows a lot on Folly Adieu, I think. Yeah, definitely more on Folly Adieu. Because Infinity on High is just like, what if we just try to be like really deep and sad, but less punk about it? Yeah. Ah! There's some songs on Infinity on High that are peak that. Yeah, I feel like it's, like, not the mood board of the album, though, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not the tone of it's the, the album. album. It's the album with Golden on it, so it's, like, inherently a bit more sad than every other record they've made. Yeah. Well, and I just, I feel like it's leading into just, like, we're really actual, like, grown-ass adults now, and, like, it's mm-hmm. sad in a very different way. Yeah, Fo- Folly Adieu definitely has that it well. Folly Adieu is a, maybe the only adult record they've really made. Yeah, I feel like Folly Adieu has more fun with it, though. Infinity yeah. on High is just like, yeah, this is fucking rough. Oof, man. I feel like we have not talked a lot about the song Sugar We're Going Down as so much as we have talked about Pete Wentz being gay and an antler boy. Honestly, on brand for us, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a Fall Out Boy <laughs> podcast that somehow isn't really about Fall Out Boy. I mean, to be fair, most Fall Out Boy songs aren't really about Fall Out Boy, so, like, it's fine. Fall Out Boy has been spanned for so long that it is hard to really identify what Fall Out Boy is. Is is the most concise I can probably make that take. Um, it's true. Fall Out Boy and Queer Theory are in fact the same thing. No one knows yes. what either of them are. Exactly. Fall Out Boy is a group of four dudes that make songs together. And mm-hmm. there's not a lot of consistency in what they sound like or what they accomplish. And sometimes... You know, I used to think if bands did the same thing forever, it'd get boring. But they're definite, and that's like, not a take that I necessarily disagree with, so much as it's way more complicated than that. (laughs) And there's definitely a long series of bands that evolve in ways that I care for less. Oh, I said remember that time that Infinity on High, everybody got really mad that Infinity on High sounded so different? I don't think it sounds that different than... I mean, it's like, it's like, it's very much a tone shift, I would say. Sure. Like, I feel like aesthetically and, like, the tone of the album is very different. But, I mean, it's the same shit. Like, it's the same core. It's just, like, a different, Mm -hmm. it's a different flavor of Tootsie Pop, you know? Like. Yeah. It's like, instead of the red one, they put the blue one because it's sadder now. Um, Yeah. And then Folly Do is, like, a little bit more sadder. And Patrick realized he had a low register. And could enunciate, mm-hmm. and which is to say that he listened to more soul, probably. Uh, and then you take this break and you come back with my song is Know What You Did in the Dark, which is a fucking good song, but it's cons- fine. considerably different. I like that song a lot. I like Save Rock and Roll more than I'd like to admit, and you have a Save Rock and Roll tattoo. <laughs> I'm low key kind of mad that it's a Save Rock and Roll tattoo, but if it makes you, you feel know. better. Uh, they used that lyric earlier than that. I don't mm. remember where now, but it's it's a pre-hiatus lyric that they are calling back to. Ah, well, there we go. I still am mad about it. But <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly it's mostly because of the tattoo artist, and less because of the song itself. That's um, fair. I haven't. Seen but anyway, tattoo. it's it's hard to read. There's a there's a lot going on with that fucking tattoo. Fucking sugar, we're going out swinging. It's a hard thing to pin down, it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> this might be one we have to come back to. <laughs> so, uh, episode, episode one is Sugar, we're going down swinging. Part one, 
mm-hmm. and then episode two is something completely different. Yes, and then it's something that we probably should return to. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm trying to, I'm just like, I'm skimming through and I'm wondering if there's anything that I really want to call out lyrically and if there's anything really to say musically because it's very much like the the arc of Fall Out Boy sonically is them getting progressively cleaner, like mm-hmm. pretty much consistently forever. I I, I think that's accurate. Um, so much so that like this second record is kind of like a mixed bag. Yeah, because like Infinity on High has some fucking chugs, but they're pretty clean chugs. Like yeah, they, I would say like that Thriller. Thriller is a pretty clean song, even if it like chugs a bit (laughs) yeah i mean i would yeah i would say after the eps they get like pretty fucking clean and stay pretty fucking clean like Mm -hmm. throughout like i don't think that i don't think that's ever the issue yeah the the balance of take this to your grave is is one that i like a lot in terms of like the the production of that record Mm -hmm. whereas like cork cork tree is a not as consistent but Consistency isn't really a Fall Out Boy thing, you know? Yeah, they're not, they're not consistent men. Mm-mm. Anyways, <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you get, like, such a, such a mix of, like, backgrounds of, like, what kind of music they want to make. Yeah. Or Plus, at least like, that we're making before. music was just fucking weird, too. The 2000s, man. The mid-2000s were a weird fucking time. Is that an episode? Did we do it? Did we I mean, do we, we talked for a while. Yeah, we did. Parts of this are not going to be in here, but, like, yeah. I don't know. I think we did the thing. I don't have any other hot, hot uh, takes. I'm just reading this genius annotation on the, the, the wordplay of Loaded God Complex. Cock it and oh pull it. Oh, my God. And I'm like, this annotation is a lot for a pretty simple wordplay. <laughs> Joe, read the annotation, please. I beg you. A clever play on words. Loaded gun plus god complex. Basically, he thinks incredibly highly of himself and has a desire to take control of the situation and get back what he feels he deserves. There are two more paragraphs. <laughs> the light could refer to her god complex just as easily. He's obviously hurt by the whole thing, but she doesn't seem to care at all. Other lines in the song, like Notch in Your Bedpost and Isn't It Messed Up How I'm Dying to Be Him, illustrate that she gets around and has moved on again or already. She is the one that thinks she is beyond emotional part of relationship sex and is a back... But, but, but fuck <laughs> this! Did Pete Wentz write this? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Pete Wentz is writing the genius annotations for his own songs. He seems like probably that type of person. Yeah, honestly. Anyways. <sighs> It seems like a good note to, to end on. <laughs> we'll leave you with that deep word play. Uh, should we plug where we are on the internet? Oh, God. I mean, that's typically what happens on these things, huh? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Plug, plug your, your socials. Uh, my socials are stupid, but uh, you can find me on Twitter at CG and 8Rs. Um, and from there, you can find any other content I make, probably. Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J-O. I do things. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin, is this more than you bargained for yet? <laughs> it already is, yes. Okay, good. 
<sighs> but I've Fuck. been dying to tell you anything you want to hear, Joe. Okay, great. Because <laughs> well, that's who we are this week. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see who we are next week when we talk about a different fucking Hopefully song. Better. <laughs> Hopefully better people. Yeah. Um, it won't be 2005. Let's say that. <laughs> Welcome to Got It Memorized, a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast trying to make sense of this mess before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. You might even figure out what's going on, maybe. I'm Wheels. I'm Joe. On our show, we like to dive deep into the franchise's most pressing questions. Like, why is Kyrie never allowed to have any fun? How much did they have to pay to get Jesse McCartney to yell into a microphone about homework? How did Ventus get so small? Is Syx a twink? Why are all these main characters just the same boy? What are midi-chlorians? What did Sora's mom make for dinner? Is Tron woke? Why does darkness smell so bad? Are drive forms queer? Why doesn't Organization 13 own any pajamas? Is Aerith a cop? How many deaths is Mickey Mouse personally responsible for? Where do baby heartless come from? (laughs) What is Pete? Is Xena warrior princess a nobody? Find us on your favorite podcast app. Got Got it. it. Memorized? Memorized? That's the name of the show.